Amen. And good morning. Uh, if for those of you who are new here for the first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor, and I welcome all of you, especially also along with the family and friends of our fifth grade students that are going to be receiving communion today. Welcome. In your programs, you will notice that on the right-hand side and inside, you will notice the uh, fill-in-the-blanks. Answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during my sermon today. We continue on with the uh, sermon series of the Spiritual Growth Campaign Lenten series of Jesus Among Secular Gods by Robbie Zacharias and Vince Vitale. Now, today we actually conclude this series, but the past few weeks we have brought about some isms that this culture and a modern world have taken on. For example, uh, atheism, scientism, uh, pluralism, relativism, humanism, and last week we talked about hedonism. Now, as we conclude this series, I want to share that when we began this series, we spoke about how we, are, uh, we should be intentional about having conversations with people, but in doing so in a gentle and respectful way. So today, one of the focuses is that conversations that count. And so we're going to end this series uh, this way. And so conversations that count, why is that so important? Well, the authors of this study say that a lot of Christians want to honor Jesus' final wishes by sharing the news and, the, and sharing the gospel of Jesus with others. However, they find it so intimidating or even where to start the conversation. An excellent place to start is by taking conversation seriously as a spiritual discipline and as a key aspect of Christian discipleship. And like Jesus, we need to spend more time uh, conversing about meaningful topics, especially about spiritual ones. So again, we're going to be dealing with a story that involves Jesus in the Bible and speaking about with, with someone else, and we're going to get into that for a moment, but uh, let me take a time to pray before the message. And God, we're thankful that you allow us to come to this place and this beautiful day you've given us, the opportunity of coming and worshiping you, and now in this service, we want to take a moment to be attentive to your message and how it's going, it can be applied in our lives. Let it be uh, practical and relative to everyone uh, here so they can understand how important it is to even have conversations that count. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we're going to go into that story, I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible to the book of John, in chapter 4. I know that your programs say verses 4 through 42. I'm not going to take all that time to read all of it. I'm just going to break it up a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, please open that up. If you have your smart app or, or excuse me, the smartphone, there is a version app. You can go into events and select New Hanover UMC for the scripture references as well as study notes. So the Bible says this, and this is Jesus going from uh, one town to another. On verse 4, we catch it there. He says he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired of, uh, from the long walk, sat wearily uh, beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Let's pause there for a moment. The first uh, uh, point I want to share with you is that we should always look for people who uh, others want to avoid. 
We should always look for people who others want to avoid. Here, Jesus, was, as he was traveling, and of course, you know, the Bible is saying that he was tired, he initiated a conversation with someone that you normally, the Jews normally would not have conversations with. But he broke that barrier. He went about and initiated that conversation by even just requesting something. And what did he request? Please give me some, uh, something to drink. Having that conversation with people, sometimes you need a starting point. And we have to break away from all the, the cultural and, and the social barriers and that face us in our days. Maybe someone doesn't look like us, so therefore we're not going to have that conversation. Maybe someone dresses differently than us, so we're not going to approach them to have a conversation. But if for us, in order to have the conversations meaningful, we have to come and approach them in a way that we can know more about them. And the, the same way, anytime you build a relationship with people, you ask them questions so that way you can get to know them a little more. Jesus wasn't worried about everything else. He was wanting, and we're going to hear about this, uh, continue on with the story, how he wanted to make a difference in that woman's life. There's a starting point. I remember a couple of months ago, maybe a couple of weeks, and time flies, on here, but I was at a, uh, a diner and uh, uh, ended up going, and the tables and the booths were all taken. So the, the over in the counter area, you can there were some seats available, and my wife, you know, was with. So she, uh, so she sat down in one uh, seat. I sat down. There was an empty seat, and there was a gentleman. Here goes in that corner. There was a gentleman all by himself. They have a lot of conversations. The, the grill, the griddle is going off. You know, people talking here and there. But this, yeah, this gentleman was quiet just eating his food, having no conversation. You know what? It kind of, when I sat down, it kind of reminded me uh, when you were in school, maybe you went through this or maybe you know of other people or witnessed this, that there were people sitting by themselves on the, on the tables, not bothering anybody. I remember in my own self that when I was in Reading, uh, we, my family moved around so much that I went to three different junior high schools. I went to Southern, uh, Southern uh, Junior High. By that time, it was Junior High. Now, I think they call them middle schools. Uh, uh, Southern Junior High, Southwest, and Northwest. The only one, you know, I, I didn't hit was uh, Northeast. But what happens, the reason why I share that is because I remember having to uh, get to learn other people again, know what they are, you know, know our, my schedule. But I would normally sit down by myself because I didn't really, you know, know anyone. And so I see this gentleman here, and the food comes after we've ordered. The food comes, and I'm about, I'm about to pray for the food. And just something, I don't know, just inside of me is like, ask something for this gentleman. He's quiet there. He's finishing up. And I said, sir, I don't want to uh, bother you so much, but I'm about to say grace for the meal. Is there something that I can pray for you? And there was like a silence. He stood up. He put his hand on my shoulder. He says, young man. My wife is in Einstein Hospital, and we don't know how long, she's going to take, how long she's going to live. And it's not that I, every time I'm going to say grace for a meal at a restaurant, I'm going to ask that question. It just happened to be at that very moment, it's like, what, what should I do? What should I say? And But inside, I was like, say something. And sometimes we're stuck there. As Christians, we don't even know. We're, we're intimidated in un- understanding what we can say, how to say it. And so therefore, because of our fear, we end up not even saying anything at times. So I pray for the gentleman, I pray for the doctor, the nurses, everything else that was going on, and of course, his wife. Don't know the person's name. 
But that very moment, it was just that conversation starter that I, tr- I thought it was going to be a little long, but he just stood up and he, you, I could feel the hurt even as he touched my shoulder with his hand. Sometimes we're so fearful of even having a conversation, especially, again, if someone looks different than you. Maybe they talk a little different or they look a little different, they dress a little different, but we have to understand the same way that Jesus broke that barrier of, no, I'm just going to go. He didn't worry about anyone else. Let's continue on with verse, uh, again, the later part of verse 9. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where do you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. I think she was tired of going back to the well. (laughs) Just think. (laughs) Go and get your husband, Jesus said. Uh, uh, Jesus told her, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with. You're certainly spoken the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshiped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. And I'm so grateful because we're worshiping God at New Hanover in Gilbertsville. Amen? Amen. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him for salvation has come through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Then the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus said to her, I am the Messiah. Just then the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? Let me pause there. Second point I want to share is that always look for opportunities to hear their story. You see, Jesus initiated the conversation when he said, please give me a drink. And then as he continued having the conversation, look, if you, the water that you're going to drink out of me, that I can give, it's like the spring of the bubbly spring, is not going, you're not going to thirst again. So when she started asking, but the, the, the God that you know and the God that we serve, here's this mountain, here's in Jerusalem, it was more that back and forth. 
And in our days, when we have conversations, it's almost like that. You believe something, and you, and, you, and you share that belief, and another individual believes something, and they share the belief. It may contradict each other, but the same way that Jesus is talking to the woman here, his goal is for us to build relationships with people. It's not necessarily a being of right or wrong. There's a theological stance and there's also a relational stance in people that even though we don't believe in the same thing, to make sure that we build relationships with them because later on you're going to see how the journey of someone's spiritual life can be impacted just by trusting a Christian. So we have to look for opportunities to hear their story. But not only their story, we have to look for opportunities that we share our story because our own journey is a little different. My journey has been certainly different than your journey, but you're here. We're all gathered together. And whatever journey you've gone through, to be able to reflect back how God has been there throughout this process, throughout your life. Jesus didn't care what the disciples thought about him. Remember, the, the disciples came back after being out of town and buying food. He was, they were probably, they were saying, it's like, what is he doing with this woman? What does he want with her? Jesus didn't care what the disciples were thinking, what the disciples were going to say. And sometimes, in order for us to build relationships with people, we sometimes don't care, can't care of what other people are thinking. Oh, what, what's he doing over here? What's he doing over there? Why is he talking? Why is she talking to that person? Jesus didn't care what the disciples thought. He didn't care what uh, the, the Jews would think. He didn't care what other Samaritans would think. He was caring about the relationship that that woman was going to have. And that was to find Christ in her, having that relationship with God. That's what Jesus wanted. Jesus spoke to this woman's needs for security and significance. He invited her to come as she was to God. He could satisfy the longings of her heart. Let's go to verse 28, ladies and gentlemen. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. I'm going to drop down, verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, uh, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves, now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Praise God. So the third point I want to share with you is that look for ways to share your hope. This woman, on that verse 28, it says, the story says that she left the jar, the bucket, and just ran back to the village that she was in. She wasn't concerned anymore about the water. She was more about this excitement and you probably experienced this, people going over to you, or you, maybe you do it yourself. Well, this is going to happen because you know something glorious, something exciting is going to take place. Or if something already took place, the birth of a child, someone getting married, you know, the, you know someone uh, being engaged, the exciting news or, or promotion. You've heard those individuals, how excited they are. They can't wait to tell you. 
And I believe that this woman, as she was able to have that life-changing moment in her life, she was able to go and share with those in the village. You got to come and see. She was testifying. She was sharing her story. It is so important for us to understand that we should share our story with people. It may not be exciting for, for them, but it's, it's for them to come to know Jesus themselves, just like this community did. This conversation eventually bore fruit throughout the community. Many villagers became to, uh, came to believe and I love the Bible says that we went and told the woman, now, not only because you've told us about it, but we have come to believe ourselves that he is the Savior of the world. And Jesus among secular gods, the study, the, uh, Jesus among secular gods, the study guide, it outlines uh, Doug Everts and Doug Schwab's five thresholds that people generally pass through on their journeys to becoming followers of Jesus. And I shared with you a moment ago that the first one is the trusting, trusting a Christian. Sometimes trusting a Christian is, you know, people nowadays be like, oh, the Christians, they're a bunch of hypocrites or this or they're better than anyone else or whatever it may be. But it's so important when we have the conversations, have the conversations that are meaningful, conversations that count in people's lives. It's not just going over and you seeing somebody say, how are you doing, you know? <laughs> How are you? And we've, in fact, we've actually just taken that question out of context at times. We just want to be able, we get so nervous sometimes. That's all we say. How are you? And then the moment comes, I probably shared with you before, that there was a, there was a time I went to a church. Someone had, um, the night before, their car had run off the road, and they were in a bad accident. He came in with a sling. Thank God that he was okay, but it, you can't say anything about the car. The car was totaled. And he was sharing it, his story, what happened with another member of the church. And, I, you know, as I'm right, I'm close to them, another individual comes by and says, hey, how you doing? And then he says, you know, oh, well, he's about to go into the story of what happened the night before, and the gentleman that just asked that question said, oh, that's good, and kept on going. It's not meaningful. Just for the sake of asking a question, no. We want to make sure that when we prepare ourselves to ask questions, it is questions that are going to be meaningful, that we can ask questions like, so tell me one of the favorite childhood memories you have. You see, that's, they're, hopefully they're not going to ask, you know, answer with two or three words. They're really going to think back. When I have premarital counselings with the individuals, I usually say, so tell me how you met. And you know, all of a sudden they see a smile on their face and, oh, we did this or we did that. You know, it's like... It's not just one or two things. Not like my son. I'm going to pick on him. He's not here. All right? How was school? Eh. So I try to be creative. And I said, tell me the favorite part of your day. Lunch. I give up. <laughs> You see, some people need an invitation to Jesus. We can't be afraid, ladies and gentlemen. We can't be intimidated by having a conversation starter. Find ways to have questions. Tell me a little bit about your dreams for your future. Tell me the best thing, qualities of your children, of your spouse. Have them in the moment that they can say, that's my story, and have an opportunity to share. And hopefully, allow for you to share too. 
But some people just need an invitation to Jesus, and sometimes, like us, they're probably going to say, I don't know about this God. Maybe you could even encourage them to do a secret prayer, saying, God, I heard about this story, about, you know, of what you've done in that person's life. I don't know if you're real or not. But God, if you are, just show yourself, you know, in ways that I can understand it's only you. You see, what happens is because when you trust a Christian, and then all of a sudden you become curious about Jesus, and then the next step is opening up to change, and then the next step is seeking God, and then finally entering the kingdom. But it starts off by having that trust. Conversations that build relationships are so important in the people in everyone's lives. No matter what age, whether fifth grade or out of school, it's so important to make a difference. especially the conversations again. If you're going to have it, make it count. Let us pray. Loving God, we come before your presence and thanking you for allowing us to receive your word today. The example that we can have in Jesus Christ as he broke that barrier. Show us a way that even when people are different or look different or speak different or whatever it may be that we don't We don't have to be intimidated, but we can find ways to have a conversation, especially a story that our life story, and we can also hear their story to start building that relationship and having a conversation that truly is meaningful and one that counts. We're so thankful you've taken your time, allowing us another day of life to continue to get to know you. In Jesus' name, amen.